Rise and shine, baseball fans! It's time once again for a fresh dose of Major League Baseball analysis with the newest community in the game. Bringing together fans from all around the world from their broadcast headquarters in beautiful Southern California. It's Kenny. If you're not watching Shohei Otani, the man is just doing special things on the baseball field. Like I said, almost looking non-human at times. It's Nika. Is Aaron Judge, number 99, going to be able to drag the Yankees to the playoffs? This is the Kanika Baseball Podcast. Yes, yes, it is the Kanika Baseball Podcast, and I am Kenny, and I am joined, as always, by my lovely co-host and beautiful wife, Nika. Good morning over there, Nika. Good morning, Kenny. Today is Sunday, July 30th, one day before the final trade deadline. Well, not quite. Two days. We have about, yeah, we, we've reached the 60 hours before the trading deadline mark here, Yes. and things are heating up. Uh, of course, as everyone in the baseball world probably knows by now, Max Scherzer, Mad Max, is heading to Texas. Mad Max is a cowboy now, so a, a ranger at least. He is going there along with some cash from the Mets. We have all the details coming up shortly, and we're going to break down that trade for you and what it means for the Rangers. Or the Mets. Well, it doesn't mean much for the Mets this year, but they did get a nice piece potentially in return. We, we have to start in St. Louis this morning because the Cubbies are red hot. White hot, you might say. They have won eight in a row now, nine and one over their last ten. They are two games over five hundred. They are closing in on the wild card, and they are taking it to the Cardinals right now. They have won the first three games there and are going for a four-game sweep this afternoon. Are they going to get it? It looks positive. Kyle Hendricks is on the mound. He's been really sharp since he came back from the injured list this year, and... Uh, Steven Motz is starting for St. Louis. His numbers are not so hot this year. So I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say that the Cubbies are going to maybe have a chance to, to pull this one out and win nine in a row, but they should not look ahead. They have a huge series starting tomorrow night at Wrigley Field against the Cincinnati Reds. So my advice to the Cubs today, if they are happening to be listening, is to not look ahead on the schedule. Okay, that's a good advice. Take one game at a time. Absolutely. So my my question for the Cubs is, with 60 hours left before the trading deadline, I think there's been this narrative that's sort of been pushed or, or coming to light that the Cubs can't sell. The, the Cubs were looked at as one of the biggest targets for sellers, you know. It was highly thought that Marcus Stroman and Cody Bellinger for sure were going to be dealt, you know, because they are on expiring contracts. But however, <laughs> the, the Cubs themselves have sort of forced the hand of ownership, if you will, by winning eight in a row. And, you know, that now they have to potentially be buyers. So if we're looking at this Cubs team, where do they add? You know, uh, it seems like a lot of the positions are occupied and spoken for. And I don't know if you want to break up whatever weird we, we talked about the Cubs a lot this year having sort of this weird team makeup chemistry thing, you know. And do you want to even mess with that? Or, or do you just want to let these guys ride it out and see where they take you? Um, you could, but I think they need to add some pieces. I don't think they have depth in a bullpen. Yeah, I think they need to definitely add some pitching if it were me. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd be curious to see what the Cubs do in the next 60 hours. Yeah, I, I think... 
you know, the team that was once thought to be one of the biggest sellers heading into the market now being potentially buyers is really interesting because the pieces that were maybe available to other teams, you know, like the Rangers, you see them acting quickly yesterday. We'll talk about Max later, but when pieces start coming off, like the Cubs taking those pieces off right now before the deadline is up and, and sort of changing course, it, it just makes things more interesting. Well, the Cubs have, uh, according to fan graphs, 32.2% chance of making playoffs as of today. Well, hey, that's one in three. You're in a major market. And I still remember that Ricketts email coming in in January saying that they were going to compete this year. And I think they owe it to the fans to compete. If they don't buy or not selling... I would imagine they're going to extend a couple contracts. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, or unless they might trade Strowman for some younger pitching somewhere because he's a free agent at the end of the season. He is. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens with Strowman, but I, I, I don't think you break it up right now. I, I don't. Okay. All right. Well, we have to head north of the border to Toronto next because the Angels were. All we were talking about on Friday morning, uh, Otani, of course, had the complete game and the two home runs in Detroit. However, since then, things have kind of turned for the worse for the Angels. Uh, Otani did homer in his first at-bat in Toronto, I guess. So since then is when it's kind of been falling off the rails a little bit. Lucas Giolito started on Friday night for the Angels, and he didn't get, like, shelled or anything, but they lost a close game a closer game. And then the Blue Jays really showed up yesterday. They won 6-1. to one. They just kind of took it to them. Reed Detmers gets the loss. So now, after you make all these big moves and proclamations, we're keeping Otani. We got Giolito. You drop two straight in Toronto, who you're chasing for the wild card. And all of a sudden, you find yourselves right back to five games back and then five and a half games back in the division only a half a game up on Seattle. You know, like they're playing musical chairs, I keep saying. Yeah. It's bad for the Angels. And then also, we should mention Taylor Ward had an ugly uh, hit-by-pitch yesterday. Mm -hmm. He took one in the face. Yeah, Um, right under his left eye. Yeah. He was down for a few minutes. There was blood. Um, It looked looked bad. It looked awful. No no telling how long he's going to be out. I wouldn't count on him for the season with the PTSD that might be involved with that alone. You know, like, I mean, everyone's different, of course, when it comes to stuff like that. But uh, I look at a guy like Austin Nola on the Padres this year. He was historically bad. And I think he never recovered from the hitch he took off the face in spring training. Yeah, it might be a little different because he is a catcher. So he sees a lot more balls coming at him. It's always tough. I have a personal connection to this because my youngest brother Daniel took a pitch off of his face in Little League and kind of never recovered from it um, so I, I know that it affects people you know yeah. and I saw it firsthand in young people so imagine the pros you know where they're throwing like how many probably twice as fast twice as hard twice as more damage Ugh. yeah you hate to see it man mm-hmm. you hate to see it. And, it and and we saw in the Cincinnati Brewers game the other night in the Reds Brewers game, Alexis Diaz, he hit somebody in the helmet. Like, yeah, that's true. So, I mean, it's it kind of grazed him, but it wasn't as bad as uh, Tyler Ward. It, it's really infuriating to me to watch big league pitchers pitch without any control like this. You know, part of your job is to pitch with control. And I, I don't know if it's not enough stones, <laughs> they used to call it, you know, guts, I guess. Like, I don't know if they have weak stomachs out there or what. But I would tell pitchers, make sure you breathe, you know, make sure your body is like 
relaxed as possible out there, you know, and always trust in your mechanics. Always. Yeah. The pitcher for the Blue Jays, Alec Manoa, he had issues with control throughout yeah. the season because he was sent to the minors to get adjusted, fixed it up. He wasn't there for long. They called him back and people were speculating why so early. Mm -hmm. He needs more time. Well, this is the result. Yeah. So they, they might have to take some personal responsibility, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, okay, well, we have a lot to get through today, so we're going to keep it moving. Um, but we'll see if the Angels can salvage one. They're on Peacock in like 85 minutes from now. I'm sorry, 75 minutes from now. Early um, game. They're starting quite early today, uh, as they always do on Sunday mornings on the Peacock. So anyways, and, and by the way, we should just say a speedy recovery to Taylor Ward. No matter what that journey is for you, uh, good luck. All right, so we had, aside from the ugliness that the uh, the Cubs and the Angels, uh, well, I should say the Cubs and the Blue Jays have taken it to their teams right now, um, the rest of the weekend matchups have been pretty close so far. We've had a lot of splits, so that's leading to, uh, well, we've got quite a few rubber matches today involved with playoff-type teams, if you want to call it that. So we'll start in the AL, where Houston came back and, and beat the Rays yesterday at home, the Astros, they really took it to them, putting up 17 runs versus the Rays putting up four. It was quite ugly, but they got a rubber match today. Tampa Bay can still come back and win that series. Uh, the Yankees are taking it to the Orioles yesterday. Aaron Judge came back and hit his first home run with that big toe all bandaged up. Uh, Guy didn't miss a beat. He looks great, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he's definitely going to provide a spark to the Yankees, so... It's like getting a traded player back in a way. But yeah, the Yankees come back and take one from the Orange Birds, who, of course, beat up on them on one to nothing Friday night after a really late start in uh, Baltimore. Still don't know why they didn't play two yesterday. Ugh. All right. Um, the D-backs and the Giants both ended their losing streaks finally. The D-backs beat the Mariners yesterday, and the Giants uh, won a close one against the Red Sox. Again, all four of those teams are in the playoff hunt right now, and the four aforementioned AL teams are all in the playoffs. So these sort of interleague games are popping up. And then we had another interleague matchup with playoff implications yesterday, Tigers and Marlins. The Tigers actually came back and won yesterday, I believe, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, 5 nothing. So the Marlins had won Friday night. The Marlins had won Friday night to sort of reverse uh, their big losing streak, and then they're they're right back to their losing ways here. We'll see what happens in that. Uh, and then in the NL, we've got the Reds and the Dodgers each winning a game so far in their series, and the Phillies and Pirates each winning a game in their series. So all of those seven series have a rubber match today and except for the tigers i would argue all of the teams that i just mentioned are sort of in the playoff hunt right now oh except for the pirates yeah tigers and pirates my bad no offense pirates it's kind of a, a fun matchup that it gets lost because it wasn't part of rivalry week but it is sort of the pennsylvania inter uh state matchup with the Phillies and Pirates there. So yeah, that's kind of fun. So the standings, by the way, with all of this happening, have kind of not really moved very much with the splits. But I just feel like it was worth pointing out all these series going to a split because I kind of feel like they can... Like, for example, if the Tigers beat the Marlins today, that could really be a psyche blow to them, you know, where they, they might not just recover this season from that. Uh, the, the Pirates beating the Phillies, I don't know, that might 
be a sort of a psychological blow to the Phillies, even though I think that they seem a little bit more resilient and tough to me, but they do have struggles, you know, like Schwarber, Trey Turner, Castellanos, all struggling this year. Bryce can't do it alone with the young guys, so... Yeah, it makes me wonder who they want to add before the deadline. Yeah, that's the other weird thing about this is like all of the teams, you know, maybe minus the the Tigers and Pirates, those are probably the two sellers of the group. But all these teams are potentially buyers right now. And like we could be looking at very different teams in the next 60 hours, as we said, you know, we're on this deadline now. So probably even less than that, <laughs> if I'm being honest. The Phillies haven't made any moves yet. And they've been playing pretty well. I think they're going to be buyers yeah. at the end of this series well they should be the phillies are in the wild card right now they're tied with cincinnati for the final wild card spot uh san francisco is up by them by a half a game for the wild card lead they're the Mm -hmm. number one team and then you have arizona and miami that i just talked about that are both a half a game back so we have these five teams that are separated by just one game as we've been talking about almost all week they're shuffling in throughout there but they're not really getting any more distance apart from one another either. So they're all playing pretty tight right now, I feel like. And if you look at those five teams, their winning and losing streaks right now are all one. You know, So none of them are really streaking right now one way or the other. Uh, now, the Cubs, on the other hand, are hot on all their heels. They are three games back of the wild card, and that means you know they're two and a half games behind Arizona and Miami only. So they're just breathing down their neck. Arizona, of course, has a tough game with Seattle today. And and again, if Miami somehow cannot pull this victory off against the Tigers, what does that do to their psyche? That's what I'm kind of looking at with some of these matchups. You know, I kind of feel less like the Yankees. They have more veterans. You know, yeah. like if they lose today to the Orioles, it's not like going to break their season. You know, they just got Judge back. True. Um, Houston, a- Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has really had an awful month. Horrible month. And if, if they can't win this series now in Houston, what does that do to them? You know, Baltimore, if they beat the Yankees and the Rays lose today, you know, the lead grows. Tampa yeah. Bay, 3-7 and seven in their last 10. They're just starting to not look as dominant as they once were. Well, they kind of either peaked too early or the other teams are just getting better and playing together better as teams. Yeah. All right. Well, lots of interesting rubber matchups today. I want to turn our attention to the AL Central because I don't think anyone wants to win this division. Right now, the Twins are playing the Royals and the Guardians are playing the White Sox. uh, And yet neither one of them have won a game this weekend. And it just, I don't think anyone wants to win that division. Maybe the Tigers will sneak up and win that division. Who knows? Maybe. I don't see it, but. (laughs) I'm just joking. I know. But. At the same time, it's like nothing would surprise me anymore in this season. I would like one of these two teams, Cleveland or Minnesota, to step up and just start playing at least sort of like a playoff team. (laughs) That's all. Well, at least Minnesota is over 500, where Cleveland is not. Yeah. I just don't think people... Minnesota's lost four in a row. Yeah. And and you're playing KC right now. I know. Ouch. Can't do that, man. Can't do it. Had a wonderful game. Yeah, he's had a couple of good games, you know, living up to some of that potential. Yeah. See what we'll see what the long term projections look like for Bobby Witt Jr. But I, I've been impressed by what I've seen this year. The Royal it's hard to play on a bad team, you know, in your early days. But he's starting to show signs of being a uh, a breakout all star in the future. So keep an eye on it. Okay, two more series to get through before we get to the big news with Mad Max. But the Rangers kinda wetting the bed in San Diego a little bit. I did not see this coming, by the way. 
I, of course, ended Padres watch and Otani watch on the previous episode of the podcast. That's the reason why they're doing well. Yeah, probably. We stopped caring. Exactly. <laughs> well, we'll see what the Padres wind up doing. That That is a whole bucket of drama to get through, to be honest, right now. I don't think they know what to do still. You know, I, I understand them not wanting to sell. I understand it. But I think when you look at what the Mets are getting in return for Mad Max, and I just don't know how you can, like, I, I think Schnell and Hader might get you more. I don't know. Tough to tough decisions. As a um, package deal? I, I That's a great deal for somebody that's probably, willing to Probably, but I mean, up. even individually, maybe you get a couple of top 100 prospects from each team. You know, I don't know. It will be great. I, I will be very happy if that happens. As of today, I don't think they are going that route. Yeah, I, neither. I will say they will wait till the end of this series to make that decision. Um. Well... I don't think it's going to matter for anyone because I don't know if anyone's going to beat the Braves this year. That's true. We had this big kind of uh, hyped up matchup with the Brewers and the Braves. And every time the Brewers look like they're, you know, like kind of in the driver's seat, then they they, lose. Then they have to go and play Atlanta. <laughs> and Atlanta just kicks their ass. So we'll yeah. see what happens today. They have a... They have not won a game yet there this weekend in Atlanta, and it's it's not going to get any easier. They got to face the young, talented Smith Schwarba on the mound this afternoon. So good luck to the Brew Crew. But yeah, so everyone's right in the thick of it here. There's a lot going on with matchups today. I've been glued to the to the couch the last few days watching baseball and following trade rumors on Twitter. And yesterday it got really exciting in the afternoon. Word started breaking out of New York that Max Scherzer was going to be dealt to the Rangers, that there was an agreement in place at least now. And then a lot of things had to happen before that a trade got approved. You know, Mad Max has a no trade clause that he had to waive. Major League Baseball needed to approve the deal because there was a significant amount of money involved. That's the biggest contract so far this season oh yeah it, hands down but that trade wound up getting finalized last night so max scherzer is now heading to texas he is a ranger and new york the mets sent also 35 million dollars in cash to the rangers to help pay for the the new man one thing we should mention is mad max asked to have his option for next year picked up so, so that's thinking. already he's already got his option for next year picked up he's going to be on the rangers control through the end of next season that's yeah. kind of interesting to me he signed a three-year agreement with the rangers he's there under control till 2024 then he becomes a free agent at the end of 2024 yep so and he'll be age 40 or 41 by then but anyways uh mad max is officially a ranger and so what does that do to them well this is sort of to me this is a replacement for Degrom. yeah like obviously Degrom wound up having tommy john he is recovering now but he won't be on a baseball field maybe until the end of next year so my question becomes now is are the rangers done do they think they have enough starting pitching i sort of wrote down their six starters right now that they have nathan Ivaldi, max scherzer dane dunning john gray andrew heaney and martin perez is that enough to win the world series for the rangers perez hasn't been doing well and they haven't extended him yeah i mean we'll we'll see i i i, I think part of it is too the team has been struggling as a whole they they're a little banged up right now Ivaldi is not his pitching, he's been pushed out a couple times. Jonah Heim is out, their all-star catcher. Uh, Corey Seager is out. He's a little banged up. You know, mm -hmm. th these aren't serious injuries, but they're they're missing from the lineup, you know, and the team 
by all intents and measures, is, is struggling. You know, four and six over their last ten. As we mentioned, Houston has closed within a game. Maybe they're feeling the heat a little bit. They are going to get healthy soon. They, they are going to get Seager and, and Jonah Heim back, you know, barring any setbacks, of course. But I, I look at it, they're kind of weathering storms right now. As I said, they, they just dropped two in San Diego to a, a Padres team that just lost two of three to the Pirates. You, know, you talk about being all over the place. We should mention that the Mets got a really nice piece in return for Mad Max Scherzer. And that would be, uh, I guess his name is pronounced Luis Angel. That's what I've heard. So I'm going to go with that. Luis yep. Angel Acuna. And if that name sounds familiar to you, that's because it's Ronald Acuna Jr.'s little brother. And he is a top 50. He's number 44 overall prospect in Major League Baseball right now. Dude looks fast. He has a lot of stolen bases this year in the minors. Who does that remind you of? Probably his older brother. Of course, there's also a third Acuna in the Minnesota Twins farm system. And and I, from all I know of the Acuna dad, and he was intent on having baseball player kids. So I guess mission accomplished. But three they are three. <laughs> the Mets fans were pretty excited to be getting this player in return I, I think no one's happy about the way the season unfolded if you're a Mets fan but it's time for consolation prizes I guess like they're waving the white flag are they going to deal Verlander is anyone else veteran wise going to be dealt from their team um it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Mets over the next 60 hours it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Padres over the next 60 hours when you look at these two teams they should have some nice pieces dangling out there for people like Justin Verlander Blake Schnell Josh Hader if the Padres, for example, are going to be stubborn and say we're not out of it, then are they going to look to possibly add? I, it's just there's so many questions still to be sort of figured out. Yeah, and we're it. here for all of it right now, everybody. So I think they're in a tough spot. They have to make a decision one way or the other. And I know they like what they got, at least on paper. I just don't think it's a team that has a potential to win this season at all. They haven't shown any signs of that. Well, until this weekend when they kind of surprised the hell out of me by at least winning these first two games i i, I think we'll we'll wait and see what happens today and also tomorrow they head to to colorado who has just been shitting the bed and and i think this is one of those situations where i i feel like the padres will almost play down to their competition sometimes and play up to their competition if that makes sense you know like they lost two out of three in cincinnati earlier this year but they played them really tough you know they didn't give up or quit in those games they didn't make it easy for the Reds. And and here you see them playing Texas now. They're playing them tough. Like a, they're playing them like they sh- like they belong there. And yet we just said they, they, they shit the bed earlier this week against Pittsburgh, losing two out of three at home, losing five out of six to Pittsburgh this year. Mm-hmm. Horrible. You can't get those games back, man. They weren't that good against Colorado either. I know. We, we talked about the rain dancing and yeah. all that stuff. So it's, it, you know. This is a, Living we all know they're in tough spots right now. And the only thing that they have going for themselves is that they play in the same division as the D-backs and the Giants, which is two teams that they're chasing right now for wildcard spots. So two third, a third of the season is still left, everybody. You know, it's, it, it, it is a substantial amount. Things can happen. You know, the, the 69 Mets did catch the Cubs. <laughs> so... Absolutely. This, this stuff has happened, you know, and on paper, it is mathematically possible f- to get it done. The question is, is the human element going to play a factor in it? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, it is. So, well, we'll be watching. We'll be watching. <laughs> I have no answers 
other than what I've said already. So, well, it's time to put a bow on this episode of the Kanika Baseball Podcast. We wanted to make it a little bit faster today because there's just so much going on and so much we need to, you know, get off and, and start following and paying attention to. We're going to have to, you know, possibly break down more trades tomorrow and the next day. Our schedule is going to remain the same. We will be back on tomorrow morning. And then, of course, we will be back on Wednesday morning to break down all of the, the trading deadline action. But, yeah, expect a busy few days and around the league. And, yeah, we'll be here for all of it. If there's any, like, huge, huge trades that are just come out of nowhere, if if Tatis gets traded, there's something crazy like that. Well, we'll see what happens, but we, we might just jump on a quick live nice. stream or something. Who knows? But we'll be here watching all of this action. And uh, also, wanted to mention, too, tonight that the Hank Aaron Invitational game is on which is uh, a matchup of high school talent in the country. The top high school talent in the in the country, sort of similar to like the McDonald's All-Star Game in basketball, if you're familiar with that. But this is a, sort of a newer event. And I know, I think it was last year or the year before, Ken Griffey Jr. was there, like sort of greeting all the kids. These are the guys that are probably going to be drafted next year. You know, so if you want to get a head start on who's coming out next year, and if your team, like the Pirates or... You know, who else is shitty? The A's, you know, who might you be drafting next year? You might want to watch this. Uh, it's on MLB Network tonight. So do scouts go into those things? Oh, yeah. OK. Oh, yeah. This is a big scouting event. It's a showcase piece for these players. It's a little bit more intense than a scrimmage, I'd say. You want to play well. OK. You know what I mean? You want to hustle. You want to do all the little things right in front of these guys and, okay. and show that you're like a well prepared, I guess, uh, High school. for the next Okay, gotcha. You're well prepared for the next phase of, of baseball. It's a dangerous game. You saw a guy get hit in the face yesterday, you oh, know? Absolutely. Like, you got to be able to defend yourself with a bat in the batter's box. No one's going to stop pitching you inside anytime soon. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this show. This is uh, this has been fun. There's, been, there's a lot going on, a lot to follow. Um, but we got to get out of here so that we can get this episode posted and follow everything else going on. But we will be right back here tomorrow morning with another episode of the Kanika Baseball Podcast. If you want to get a hold of us in the meantime you can email us at kanika daily at gmail.com or you can find us on social media on twitter facebook i'm sorry x you can find us on facebook youtube threads all these little places now what else we got tiktok yeah tiktok just search for kanika baseball and you will find us i promise other than that that's all i got for today it is a gorgeous hot day here in the aforementioned southern california and we are going to get out and enjoy the day everybody you do the same enjoy the baseball enjoy the trades enjoy the fun enjoy the rumors this is kenny i'm signing off nika on the other side signing off bye adios Hey, you don't stop your
Sí. 